Hello, friends. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. How are you doing? You doing good? If this is your first time, welcome. I hope you're having an excellent day. Ah, I can't talk. Hope you're having an excellent day. Uh, if you're a repeat listener, you guys are the shit. I love having you guys back. This episode is brought to you by Imposed Will. Go to imposedwill.com and check us out. We are dedicated to helping others reach their max potential in life. Uh, you know, I really do believe that through the mind, uh, we are able to unlock our greatest strength. You know, through strengthening the mind, uh, you know, through healthy habits, you know, it, it all plays together. Getting rest, getting proper nutrition, uh, moving your body, all of these things are are the 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 pieces to building the life that you want to build. They're the foundation. Your health is the foundation, and it takes mental strength to to make it in life. No matter whether it's for that uh, that test at school, or you know picking up the grandkids, uh, or the big business deal. Whatever the case may be is you need to be at your best and you need to be your sharpest and you need to impose your will on life. And, uh, man, we're just connecting people. We're, we're building a community of fucking people that are tired of, of not living the life that they want to live, you know, tired of, of the excuses and the, the ones that are, are willing to put in the work, the ones that are willing to deal with the struggle and the sacrifice and you know are you know they want to have uh something more you know they 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 don't they refuse to accept the norm and they want more in their life they want to impose their will on life you can go and connect with us on imposedwill.com we just launched our uh, apparel line that helps fuel the brand and uh yeah, get on the mailing list. That way you can stay up to date on everything that we have going on and you'll be in the know. All right, guys, I really appreciate it. Much love. All right, this episode is also brought to you by uh, my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. You can go to jumbocbd.com, use the code outside at checkout. You'll save 20% off of your entire order. They have some of the best cbd products not some of the they have the they have the best cbd products um man i love their muscle bomb i just recently got their ghee while i was at paleo fx and let me tell you guys it is the best i love it i put it in my coffee and it's everything that i need man they have a spray they have uh bomb uh, i already said the bomb they have a, a lip balm though but they also have drops for you and the pets and, uh, man, CBD is just doing so many wonderful things uh, for me personally. I use it before bed. It helps me sleep. It's, uh, you know, w- key to my recovery. So, um, yeah, go to jombocbd.com. Use the code OUTSIDE at checkout. You'll save 20% off of your entire order. All right. My guest today is John Alexander. He is a filmmaker. He's an actor. You know, he's just a really cool ass dude. He's an all around. He's an artist. Um, you know, I became aware of him through my buddy Justin Bricker. Shout out to Justin again. Go check out the Why Not podcast with Justin Bricker if you haven't. 
um, you know, and I met John briefly at a recent film festival festival where he was, um, you know, uh, screening his short film enough. And, uh, dude, it's, it's just, it was really cool just to sit down with him and uh, get his perspective on, on film. And he has, he's a very, uh, you know, good energy and, uh, you know, he's doing some cool things in, in the creative space. So, um, I really enjoyed this conversation and I think you guys are going to get some good stuff out of it. All right, guys, without any further ado, John Alexander, everybody. All right, John Alexander. I feel like I should put uh, Sir in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I get a, uh, a lot of comments about my name. It's usually like, oh, you got two first names? Yeah. And then other times, like, People say that sounds like a politician's name or a lawyer's name or something like that. It's a very polished name, almost, um, yeah, like a name that uh, you would see on a billboard mm -hmm. or uh, almost like a like you picked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, yeah, I really like my name. It's dope. Yeah, your parents did a good job. Yeah. Man, some kids, I feel sorry for them. Mm -hmm. since, since we're talking about <laughs> names, like, dang, dude. Yeah, you get stuck with something. It's like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. Gotta make the best of this. Do what but, you gotta do, man. You know, some people end up changing it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dude. So, um, we first met very briefly at the uh, the film festival, mm -hmm. and was it Benton Park Film yeah, Festival? Yeah, Benton Park right? Film Festival. That's a pretty dope film festival, dude. Yeah, it was fun, man. That was my first uh, experience at a film festival. Well, my first experience uh, being my project at a film festival. Okay, so you um, had gone to some before, just kind of. Yeah, I, I had worked on another uh, documentary, it was a feature length documentary called uh, GOV. So it's a step team uh, by the name of Gentlemen of Vision, okay. and um, it's a step program where it's an after school program. For for high schoolers and middle schoolers is kind of like keep them in check, keep them out of, you know, off the streets and out of trouble. And it's also uh, really like academically driven. Like they okay. help them find scholarships in schools or if they want to go into like the trade in, into trade work after high school, they help them find that. So oh, that's what's we up. followed them around for like a little over a year. And um, that documentary went to the St. Louis International Film Festival and it's been hitting a bunch of other film festivals too. So that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So documentary making that is quite the process, right? Oh man, it's it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. that's one of those things that um I think about I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to make one, but you have to be extremely patient. Yeah. Just for some of these documentaries, it's like years and years of content mm -hmm. that they're it's that they're a lot. And you have to really pay attention to what you're shooting too because like you can outline a story, but it's not like a scripted work where like this is said at this time and this is said at this time. Right. So you have to kind of remember what you shot. So when it comes time to like tie back to that end of story, it's like, oh yeah, I got this clip where he said this. It's yeah. the perfect moment for that. So yeah, yeah, you gotta be, you definitely gotta be very, very organized. Yeah, I know. I guess if I were doing a documentary in my mind, I'd almost have to be like putting together putting together the story as I'm filming it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you, you, I would imagine you have to have like an idea of like the overarching kind of story you're trying to tell, yeah. right? But then it's just like you're at that point, now you're just capturing things to tell that story mm -hmm. and then yeah. all the extra stuff as well. Yeah, and then other stories open up while you're filming. Right. So it's like you, you can't really, about. yeah, you can't really like 
I don't think anybody has ever written a documentary straight through. It's like you said, you kind of like have the idea of the story you want to capture and then you start filming. Yeah. And then you end up finding like a bunch of different like little gold mines of stories like, damn, that really ties into the, you know, the uh, overarching story or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just got to be open and flexible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. What's some of your favorite documentaries? Do you have any good um, things that you recommend for people? Most most documentaries <laughs> I watch are like nature documentaries. Yeah. I love animals and nature. So like uh Planet Earth and Planet Earth Two. Like yeah. Planet Earth Two is crazy to with like the camera work that they did. Like Dude. is it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Ever since I started getting into like uh just like filming and just mm -hmm. just this whole world of just like being creative and putting together like visual things mm -hmm. i look at um everything differently now yeah. so when i watch documentaries i'm like oh man like they use this type of like uh i, I don't know like they they, they dissolve to the next shot or right like, right like, right i'm just like oh yeah, like they you did start this. to break down how it was shot while you're watching it. yeah I look at things way differently yeah 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 man but yeah just uh those planet earth documentaries are phenomenal mm -hmm. yeah, yeah man just the they colors really got, that they do yeah just how they kind of like just really take you into um how how the documentary really just like takes you into that world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that wildlife world is just super dope. So those are that's usually what I'm watching, um, are animal documentaries. Outside of that, um I can't think of any favorites off the top of my head, but other types that I watch are uh like documentaries about serial killers. Oh, um yeah. I, I like that 'cause I'm I'm really like passionate or excited about like learning about the human psyche and yeah. like why people do what they do and like the decisions that they make so those kind of documentaries really intrigue me because i like to kind of get in get into their head like why are you like this you know what i'm saying why yeah. are you doing this so yeah, yeah yeah dude humans are so fascinating yeah for real yeah, man, man for real and i imagine um so do you i mean being an actor right i mean that's a part of probably something that drew you to that right just like yeah the, different degrees of like humanity right you know? right yeah um I, I like I guess even when, like when I was younger I've always liked people watching you yeah. know what I'm saying and just like just like seeing how people like their mannerisms and how they interact with other people and how they walk how they talk you know how they listen to music all of that stuff and I'm just really fascinated about that and I think it kind of like comes through in my storytelling and, and trying to recreate these humans on a level where they don't feel like characters, you know what I'm saying? They feel like actual people. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the human, like, organism, like, we are, like, such complex creatures. Mm -hmm. But on that same note, there's just a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. We're just almost, it's, like, as complex as we are, like, we're not that complex. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> that does make sense, yeah, because... Because you can look at things at, like, a micro level or a macro level. Like, overall, like you said, there are a lot of similarities. Uh, a lot of people have these certain traits or these certain traits. But then when you break it down, I guess kind of get into, like, life experiences, that can be a little different. And, you know, the, the things that people have experienced may have made them this way. And the things somebody else experienced may have made them this way also. But they just experienced it in different ways. So, right. yeah. Yeah, man. I, um... I tend to try to just look at everybody as just like me living a different life. Mm -hmm. um, Word. It's, it's really helped me with empathy because I kind of like I, mm. it's one of the things I suffer I with. I like that. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just like we all kind of go through our own individual experience, which may differ. But ultimately, like on the grand scheme, it's like we're all experiencing the same shit. It's, yep. heart, it's like heartbreak, it's triumph, mm -hmm. it's challenge. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like that is what makes 
us humans and like that's what tells a good story right mm-hmm. just like all those mannerisms yeah um i just finished watching this show on netflix called all american and it's about this kid from uh from that plays football in crenshaw um in la and he gets drafted to beverly hills high school to play football for them yeah so he's basically like balancing these two worlds of like you know uh, a lower income neighborhood and you know uh, an affluent neighborhood yeah and trying to balance those two worlds and the thing that i like the most about it is they show the problems in both neighborhoods like the problems in the, like the lower income neighborhoods are i feel like a lot more obvious to people like you know scarcity of food or you know violence whatever it may be those are you know people know that's what happens but then they show on the flip side the kids at beverly high school like the things that they go through like parents not being there because they're on the road all the time so that affects them you know mentally and spiritually and everything like that and you know addiction and stuff like that so i really love how that show showed the problems on both sides and kind of made at least it made me feel like damn uh everybody goes through stuff you know what i'm saying it doesn't look the same but everybody goes through stuff some people may have luxuries that kind of help them go through things where other people don't have but like at the end of the day we all kind of go through things and I, I thought that was really dope yeah yeah i mean there's definitely a balance right in mm-hmm. life because it is easy to forget that yeah while well, there's like scarcity of resources here which i mean like you said that's obvious like mm-hmm. everybody kind of gets that you don't have money you don't have maybe food or clothes mm-hmm. or some of these necessities but then you have these other people where they're like they have an abundance of that of like of all of like the physical things but then they tend to usually like lack in like the mental or the spiritual yeah. side yeah you see a lot of like mental de- uh like uh illness a lot of depression yeah in very like wealthy mm-hmm. communities because mm-hmm. they're just like they're just not fulfilled right because I, I feel like a lot a lot of people like in those communities feel like money buys you know happiness and yeah. it's like to a certain extent yeah but no like it's it, money can buy you happiness in the form of yours you can survive you know you got yeah. your everything you need every day yeah but past that it can't really buy you too much happiness it's funny i was watching this youtube video where they like came they did a study and they came to the conclusion that if you make more than I think like $300,000 a year, you're not any happier than anybody that makes like $300,000 a year or something like that. I think it's even less than that. I think it's like $70,000 a oh, year. Oh, really? Yeah. It's word, like, word. It's like anything over like seventy or 77000 there's not really a significant like increase in happiness. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and I, I thought that was really interesting like because it kind of goes back to you know what I just said. Like you have enough to – take care of yourself and take care of your family yeah. and then and then you might have a little bit left over to like buy you know whatever you want yeah and that's uh, like at the end of the day that's kind of like what you need you know yeah man i'm not gonna lie i want to make a fuck ton of money but yeah 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 definitely <laughs> for sure <laughs> but it really does just kind of just give you that peace of mind it's like all right well i don't have to worry about these things mm-hmm. so i can go focus on these other things but you still have to do mm-hmm. the work in these other areas of your life right mm-hmm. i mean yeah you can't slack in there and just like expect the money to solve all your issues because it, right. it won't do that but right. you don't have to worry about like where your next meal's coming or exactly. Like, exactly you don't have to stress about like things getting paid it's just like mm-hmm. for me money just kind of like 
like equals peace of mind mm -hmm. and then it'll allow me just to do more of the cool shit that i want to do that's a dope way to put it yeah yeah man yeah. it's like i do i was telling i was telling my girlfriend this the other day and, and my buddy um well justin you know him so yeah. dude i want to fucking like i definitely plan to like once i have enough money like i'm gonna go build my old high school wrestling room like a dope oh, ass it's nice like, yeah super like nice ass facility which they yeah. have a pretty good one too but it's just like I feel like money will only kind of reveal your character if you're a shitty person without it, <laughs> yeah. you're a shitty person with it, and vice yeah, versa. Yeah. But like, I just look at it like, you can't you can't help a lot of people if you're broke. Mm -hmm. You really can't. Like, mm -hmm. you can try, but you can. I feel like personally, you can help a whole lot more if you have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. not to say that's just my own personal take on it, but I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, I, I feel that. Um, I feel like so. I, I feel like you can you can help in more ways. Like there are things that you can do where if you don't have like the financial resources, um, mainly into mainly uh, like dipping into like guidance and, you know, oh, mentoring yeah. and everything like that. That's Still very, very valuable. Yeah. That's very impactful and very valuable. But I do agree with what you're saying. Like if you have financial resources where you can put, you know, the younger generation into certain, you know, positions where they can, uh, perform better and, you know, grow and, and, and do what they need to do, then, yeah, that's definitely a huge aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I didn't communicate that the best because I think you made a good point because, like, I mean, if you don't have the financial resources, like, I mean, there's that's not the only way to help people, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can do a lot of good uh, with it. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, it's just not a bad thing. Yeah, for, yeah, you for know sure. You what I'm saying? Oh, for I sure. keep messing with this cord. Okay. But, um, So I I was recording a podcast one time and I got that noise came up. I was like, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> and um, I don't know, maybe I just got to get like a new, uh, this is what we'll do. I'm just trying to save my battery. Or So I plug it in. I was like, ah, I just need to get a new extension cord. I'll just use my computer there. Problem solved. But man, no, I was sitting in a podcast once and that was going on. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I felt so bad. I was like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Like, I was like, I just hope it goes away. It, 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 it did. But uh, now I know what's happening. So back to our conversation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, dude, humans. I lost my train of thought. Dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Um, yeah, we were just kind of talking about like we're talking about money, you know, how that can help. Yeah, giving back and everything. But I, I had a thought where I wanted to take this conversation. Oh, damn, I know, man. I just lost, I'm failing as a host right now, John. <laughs> failing as a host. It's all good. I think it'll come back. But uh, no, so yeah, man. Just kind of back to the the conversation of like we're kind of all the same. We're all different. But mm -hmm. I mean, do you like how do you like to uh, you know when you're writing or like when you're trying to get into character like what like what are you looking for you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. in a characteristic or like what you know what i'm saying like what do you kind of like uh lock in on and then kind of build from does that make sense yeah 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 that makes sense um so a lot of like a lot of my stories and like what i write all kind of stem from like a situation yeah so i'll think about something that i've gone through personally or something that like someone that i know uh, you know very well has gone through and kind of like how it shaped them and then, you know, branch a story off from there. So, um, yeah, just start with like a situation and figure out what is the situation? How did this affect the character? How did this situation affect characters around or people around this character? How does this situation affect the character moving forward? Or are they able to move forward? Are they living like in the uh, in the past? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it affecting them that way? And then just kind of kind of branch from that and 
just try to like tell very authentic stories where I know people can relate to them and, and people can look at these characters and be like, damn, like that's me or that's my cousin or my younger brother or sister, you know what I'm saying? And they really like relate to that. And I, I like to bring in a lot of uh, empathy. I know you were talking about that earlier. That's a huge piece of like my storytelling and my work is empathy. It's really all surrounded by empathy and, and trying to help people understand other people. And, um, you know, not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to always agree with what people do or how people think and everything like that. But I feel like it's a really good, I think, I feel like it's a really good thing if you can understand why people are the the way they are. Yeah. And that way you can navigate around them or, you know, coexist with them. Because we all, we all share this planet, share this space. So you got to learn to coexist with people. Yeah. And I think the best way to do that is to understand why people are the way they are. Yeah. You know. So how do you like to convey that through like through uh I don't know, through a project? Like how do you convey that why? So um damn, that's a good question. Because um, there's so many ways, right? I mean yeah. is it is it the mannerisms, is it the words so, that they use? Like So yeah, I think yeah, I think it's more so like the mannerisms. So I'll take like Cycle, for example. Cycle is about, you know, this young black kid that grew up in a uh, you know, lower income neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And he has something traumatic happen to him, you know, in front of his eyes. And he's now at this crossroads of where do I go from here? Like, do I continue on this path that leads to more of what I just saw? Or do I seek help, like, you know, through therapy or through friends, talking to friends or whatever it may be? So, like, this this film kind of showcases that that situation right there. And in that case, I kind of use his character um, – to show that he's a product of this environment, but he's not necessarily a bad person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone, if you think about it, everyone that you know is a product of the environment that they grew up with, grew up in, you know, they're a product of what they know, what, like how they were raised or whatever. So that's something that you can't necessarily fault people at, but you know, also people is good for people to grow, you know, outside of what they, you know, knew. Um, but yeah, just showing this guy that that's a product product of his environment, and he's not necessarily a bad person, and he's trying to get his life right, you know, trying to get back on the right path, and that's uh, I feel like that's relatable to a lot of people, um, a lot of people that I know, a lot of people that those people know, and everything like that, and you know, just try to uh, just try to make it an authentic experience so people can really you know kind of empathize with these characters. Yeah, are you yeah. drawn to more serious topics? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, a lot of my stuff is either a drama, a thriller, or a horror. So yeah. not always serious, but um, two of my films that are, that are that are out right now, Cycle and Enough, are a little more serious topics. Yeah, yeah, because I like I think I'm really passionate about empathy and I'm passionate about mental health and especially with black men because I feel like it's something that that black men weren't rewarded like to the the ability to emote and be emotional and everything like that yeah and you know growing up like that as a black man can can stunt any black man's growth emotionally and mentally you know what i'm saying cuz you been you hear like all grow, all growing up you hear like men ain't supposed to cry boys ain't supposed to cry like man up you know what i'm saying be tough all yeah. of that stuff and that only conditions a man to have one emotion or or just a few emotions that he, that's either like happy or angry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's no it's no in between. Yeah, man, just I I kind of just look at it as like yeah, just kind of the 
the stigma on men in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to be oftentimes just uh, like this strong um, archetype, right? You're not supposed yeah. to really show a lot of emotion. Right, right. And you're, you're definitely kind of just uh, – kind of just the steady worker especially mm-hmm. here in the midwest right it's a very blue collar mm-hmm. yeah, yeah culture so it's just like you're supposed to just kind of just put your head down and work and mm-hmm. you're not you don't complain you just show mm-hmm. up and get the job done which yeah. there is some some positive to that but yeah i mean if you're not really taught that it is okay to you know express emotion right and it's it's okay to like have those feelings and to work through those feelings mm-hmm. but our society is really weird on feelings as it is right like we're only supposed to always be happy yeah you ever noticed that and, <laughs> and that, that's very unhealthy too like I, it's funny i have this thing where some people look at me crazy when i say it but i have this thing where i'm like i don't really trust people that are happy all the time no you like, shouldn't I, I, like it's something very wrong there like i need to see not that i want to see people sad or angry or upset but i need to especially if i'm close to you i need to see that that range that you right. are able to have that range yeah you know? yeah yeah because sometimes i don't know like for me i was like am i fucking bipolar because it's like <laughs> some days man especially like when you're when you're out here just trying to build your own life like on the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial route some days are pretty fucking low man yeah and, yeah. and often like you're extremely stressed out and you're mm-hmm. just like man like did i just make the right decision oh, i just mm-hmm. spent all this like i just bought a new camera i'm like man i'm like oh did i should have spent that money on man, that camera oh, just man, now i'm I've, like I've no it's worth there. it i gotta improve the quality mm-hmm. of it but it's just like you start going through all these things it's these ups it's these downs it's just mm-hmm. like you're on the highest high and then you're like you're on the lowest low so it's like that's just the human existence though yeah, you know what i yeah, mean yeah but for some reason man it's like well if you're feeling sad let me go ahead and just give you this pill like, <laughs> right right like you're not supposed to be sad right no every man you're supposed to experience every emotion man it's healthy that's why we got that's why we had these emotions you know what i'm saying you, you're supposed to there are times where you're supposed to feel sad like there are times there are times where like for me sometimes I'm not necessarily necessarily in a bad place, but I want to feel, you know, sad. I know it might sound weird, but I like I might put on like some music, you know what I'm saying, yeah. to to I guess like a mellow mood, not necessarily sad, but like more mellow, you yeah. know what I'm saying, where it's just like it's not it's not happy, it's not sad, but it's like I guess mellow is a good word. Yeah, um, it's definitely not upbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, sometimes we just I I dig that, man. I mean, music is definitely the the gateway to emotion. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, man, you put on any music. Music is like the perfect uh, time capsule. Mm-hmm. I would, there's some music like I just can't listen to because maybe I was just going through a certain yeah. like hard time in yeah, life, and I was like, oh real. man, like like man, that song really helped me get through that like that period of my life. Mm-hmm. But I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. And then oh. you had those songs where it's like it just takes you to like such a good place, and it's like, damn, I really love this song, and I really love where I was, and oh yeah, in that time period, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Justin. He's telling me your man is a. Uh is uh is wheezy that's that's, your... uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite artist man i know yeah. and i saw in your story you posted a picture of him and said go i'm like okay mm-hmm. all right yeah 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 man um he was like he was like the first rapper that i really i guess kind of gravitated towards he was he was out like around like my middle school and high school years where, you know, that's very, very influential. Time you know, in life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I like, I was, I was doing music before I was doing like film and video work. So, um, he really inspired me to like, you know, write, write, uh, songs and everything like that. And then past that, just like his work ethic, like really inspired me to just put in the work and just, you yeah. know, 
be the best artist that I can be and be the most diverse artist that I can be and just be me as an artist and like no filters and yeah you know no not, don't let anything like you know put me in a box or whatever so yeah so yeah I this that was one of the few of the reasons that I yeah. really uh mess with Wayne dude he puts out an ungodly amount of music like I don't think mm -hmm. people even realize how much music he puts out yeah there was a time like because mixtapes man there's a whole period where mixtapes were king yeah it was like a time like from 2005 to like 2007 he just put out so much music just like back to back from like the mixtapes and he was like featured on songs on oh, the radio yeah. and everything oh, like yeah. he was everywhere and I was like, man, this dude is a machine, bro. Like, how does he even do all of this? And that, that, yeah, it really inspires me to, it to to me, it tells me that like, my I I have, um, what am I trying to say? To me, it it, it inspires me to like just keep going harder and not put limits on myself oh, and yeah. just know that I can do these things that I, you know, that are in my mind. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if he can do it, then you can do it. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If another human can do it, if another man can do it, I can do it as well. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think where people get messed up is, like, they'll see somebody, like, like he's he's a he's a high achiever, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, he's, an, he's a high performer. He's always working. Mm -hmm. And But, like, when people see that, they get discouraged. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, man, well, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, man. Like, don't, don't worry. Like, he's probably, like, he's on your, like, 15 right you know what i mean you're on day one right you know what i mean so right. it's like just you gotta just, start somewhere just start just start yeah and that's a yeah that's the thing that i've learned um is just to really like kind of stay in my lane and like move at my own pace like this yeah. is this is my race because everybody's pacing is different everybody's timing is different oh, and if yeah. you spend a lot of time like looking at this like dang why don't i why don't i have that or like why am i not here yet then it's taken away from the energy that you should be putting into getting yourself there. You oh, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like every everything happens for people at different times and when it's supposed to happen. You know? Yeah. I always try to remind myself that comparison is the thief of joy. Man, because mm -hmm. like you start comparing yourself to just whatever, whatever is whether it's like a, a, a whole person's life or just mm -hmm. like, oh, like I like their shoes better than mine. Like mm -hmm. once you start comparing then it's like man it's a dangerous place yeah it's a dangerous place to be in but it's like you don't have to compete with everybody like we can all we can all win but on mm. that same note there's some sort of competition which you can kind of you can use it healthily and like let yeah. that drive you, you yeah. know, just to be better yeah, you know what i mean definitely. it's not like it's not like you're trying to like make anybody else lose but it's like you're just trying to elevate your game yeah that friendly competition like you see somebody doing something that's really dope and it just it excites you, like, oh man, I need to get out here and do yeah, some stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like you're happy for them, but you're now using that to motivate you mm -hmm. to also be better, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So it's like there's a healthy way to do it. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, just uh, we we can all make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Everybody has their lane, their space. Yeah. You know? So so take me back to the beginning for you. I mean, we kind of touched over it some mm -hmm. there, but like, what music was the start? Like, have you always yeah. been an artist? Um. So yeah, I've all like I've always been creative. Even when I was young, like a kid, I, I used to love drawing when I was a kid. Yeah. And um, I used to, like, I used to have, like, Batman toys and stuff. And I used to, I, I would only have, like, the Batman figure and maybe, like, an accessory. But, like, in my mind, he's fighting 30,000 people in a oh, row. Yeah. So <laughs> I've always been, like, that imaginative kid. And then in middle school, I started doing music. And, um, like, maybe, like, my sophomore year, sophomore, junior year, I got a camera. It was, like, one of the first, like, digital cameras that had video on it, like mm -hmm. one of them Kodak cameras or whatever. They were the shit. Yeah, yeah. It was so dope at that time. And um, I I just started recording. Me and my friends, like, 
in the studio or we'll be like playing basketball or something. I'll be recording that or just walking around the neighborhood, just being like high school kids. Yeah. And I was, now that I think about it, I was doing vlogs back then, basically. Yeah. So I had fun like exactly like recording us and then I had a lot of fun like cutting it together and putting making a video out of it. You what know? software are you using then? Um, Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're making music at this time as well? Yeah, yeah, I was doing music at that time also. So um the like the video side of it and, and the photo side of it was kind of like more of a hobby. I was like more into the music in high school and stuff. And then when I went off to college um, I wanted to go to school for photography, but the school I ended up choosing only had film production, okay. but there was a photography class in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I might as well like learn the video side of it too, because oh, yeah. they're, they're pretty similar. And uh, I did that, and I kind of like fell in love with with filmmaking from there. And um, yeah, and I, I was I went to school in Orlando, and I planned on staying out there, but I injured my knee and I had to have surgery. So I flew home to have the surgery. Oh um, yeah. I couldn't walk for about a week and a half, so I was, like, chilling in the house. I was really anxious, and I was, like, thinking, of like, I'm going to do this, this, and this when I'm able to walk. So I was, like, really, like, planning stuff out. So once my knee was good and I was better, um, I was still doing music at this time, so me and my homeboy, we would record songs, and then we'd shoot the music video to it, and we put it out on Twitter, and then we started getting some really dope feedback. And then other uh, artists started coming to us, like, yeah, can you shoot my music video? And Mm -hmm. It kind of turned like they kind of turned into a service at that point, and okay. then I started like doing event recaps and then weddings and then corporate videos and stuff. So, the, it kind of like it all kind of blossomed from music, and um, which yeah. is you know a very interesting thing. And uh, and yeah, it just kind of led to this point. So there's a transition then there, right? Where mm-hmm. you, I mean, music was the focus, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think every, in high school, I think everybody wants to be like that rapper. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? like, that, yeah. That's the goal, man. Yeah. Did you did you do shows and stuff too? Uh, I probably did like three or four shows, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can dig it, man. Yeah. Um, but then you transitioned right to where like you're just almost exclusively working behind mm-hmm. the camera. It sounded mm-hmm. like. Um, what, like, was that a hard transition to make? I mean, to be like, all right, man, like I'm not gonna rap anymore. Like, this is where. Like, what? Uh, it it wasn't too hard of a transition because I think I think the transition really sparked when uh when we did one of our first music videos, um. But it was kind of like a short film, though. So me and my friend, we both, like, rapped on the song. And the the video was about us being, like, these, uh, like, serial killers or whatever. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, like, filmed. We, like, it was like a short film. It was really dope. And, like, I had so much fun piecing that story together and then shooting it and then seeing how it came out in the edit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, I think I love this a lot more than music. Like, this is fun right here. Like, music was fun, too, but... When I did that, like something really like sparked in me, like yeah, and I yeah. was like, yeah, this is I, this is me right here. I yeah. like this. I can dig that. Sometimes yeah. it can be hard to let go of that other thing to, to yeah, to start yeah, the yeah. New thing. Definitely, yeah. I, I was definitely um, doing music probably up until like 2012. That was probably like the last time I like recorded something. Um, and then after that, I just like, you know, I I just kind of like let it go, and it was at that point. Like when I after that video I just explained, I was like really into filmmaking. I didn't really care much about music, but I was still doing music because it was like a first love almost. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was still doing that. It's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I just jumped into the videos, and it's you know it took off from there. So when did you make the transition from behind the the camera to in front of the camera? Um, actually, 
I mean, probably you hear the music videos in the beginning. But. Right, right, right. Um, probably with enough, actually. Like I, I don't think I did anything before then. Maybe like some uh, commercial type, like social media type work. Like, yeah. hey, we need some people to check to try this out while we record, like that kind of stuff. But with enough, it was. Um, it was actually kind of like a challenge for myself. Like I had just got a new camera. I was trying to figure it out. I wanted to shoot something. And then the idea of it came to me when I was chilling one day. Um, I don't even, I think I was just like messing around with my camera. Like the idea just like came to me and I started like writing down in my notebook. And um, I wanted to, I usually shoot handheld. Like there's usually a lot of movement and like my filmmaking and everything like that. But mm -hmm. I wanted to try something on a completely different end of the spectrum where everything is on a tripod. Okay. And then um, I decided to act in it because... Um, I've read like in a lot of like read and watched in a lot of different places that directors should know what it's like to be in front of the camera. Um, and that makes them better directors because they know how the actors feel like they've been in, the, in their shoes and yeah. they know how, you know, how to how to direct a little bit better, how to talk to people a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know, I just I'll just act in it and. Um, I really wanted to, wanted it to be driven by like dialogue, so I really I started like looking up like how to you know construct monologues and you know mm -hmm. the breakdowns of monologues and everything like that, and I just went for it and I had a lot of fun uh, like acting in front of the camera because a lot of that stuff I was channeling from you know things that I've been through, so mm -hmm. it was a, it was a little easier to act because it was something that. I had been through before and I felt comfortable like reenacting it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It was it was really fun. I, I would I would definitely get in front of the camera again. Yeah. Now yeah. is that do you mostly just see yourself kinda of just doing the, the writing and the directing? Yeah, mostly. And um I mean if something comes up, I would definitely, you know, jump on it 'cause or or I would write another thing for myself because, like I said, I had a lot of fun with that and yeah. just just like finding that character and like yeah. not being you know quote unquote me for a little while. You right. Know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and the cool thing is, I mean, you could always write yourself like smaller roles. Like mm -hmm. you see a lot of really good directors do mm -hmm. that. Little cameos. Yeah. yeah. Different things like that. Or and that does make sense that um, you know it. I mean, well, in any job, it helps to have done it too, mm -hmm. so that way you can work with the people doing it. But dude, some of the best directors are like are really high level actors yeah you know what i yeah. mean like i always think of and i don't know it just came to mind but like uh ben affleck mm -hmm. dude he makes fucking i don't know love him or hate him he makes fucking awesome films yeah, like, yeah definitely <laughs> the town was, definitely. is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah like have you seen that movie the town where they're the, oh, so they're it's, they're bank robbers and uh they do uh they hit uh armored trucks and then like i feel like i did see it but it's been a while oh okay that's cool but they're boston bank robbers it. One of the greatest fucking movies. I love I love bank heist movies like yeah, yeah. like seen Heat. Yeah, yeah, Robert yeah, De Niro yeah, and Al yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's an old school bank heist movie. Yeah, uh, I watched one recently when I, it was probably like a year and a half ago, um, but it was an independent film and it was about these kids at this college where this really like really uh, priceless art book was stored in this library, okay. like in a case and everything like that, and. Um, they they needed money for some reason, so they put together like this little heist to steal this art book from this library. Yeah. It was it was a really cool movie, like a cool little touch for it being like college kids. Like usually you see, you know, just henchmen or whatever or yeah. mercenaries like, you know, doing it. So it was yeah, really cool people to see. deep in the game, you yeah, just doing yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that's dope man with today's technology like anybody can make a good film Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's it's game changing yeah and and then the thing that i love about that with it being so accessible is now everything is shifting to the story because anybody can pick up a camera and make it look good yeah so now the story has to be good for people to be tuned in so that's what that's what i'm really excited about like a lot of people i I hear a lot of people like damn uh, as so and so is a filmmaker, and everybody say they're a filmmaker or or a videographer or a photographer or a music art, whatever it is. Everybody yeah. says they're this, 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 and that, which I can understand, you know, that frustration. But also, the content is going to weed out the people that don't really want to do it. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, that's that's what I'm most excited about because people really have to put energy and you know creativity into the story. Oh, dude, 100%. You know, I think Nipsey Hussle said, of, like, he had the best name for his line when he called it, you know, Marathon. Because mm-hmm. it really, like, it's, this is a long process, yeah. whatever it is, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, you're in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you're just, you're slowly going to get better. And there is a whole art form to, to the to storytelling. It really is. It really is. I watch this, um youtube channel called film courage and it's all about like screenwriting Uh, most of the content is about screenwriting and they have all these different videos they're like talking to you know screenwriters that have done you know multi-million dollar films and like smaller screenwriters that have that do like short films or whatever it may be but they all each one is like breaking down different aspects of writing a script or how to write a character or how to like build good dialogue between two characters and, like, I binge watch this stuff, and I realize how much of an art and a science it is to build characters in a world in front of the camera and build dialogue that's believable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting, like, the like the art and the science that goes into, like, building these worlds. Dude, like, so it's, for me, when I think about it, it's easier to um, kind of equate it to, like, jujitsu because that's what I do a lot of. Word. But... <clears throat> Whether it's jujitsu or whether it's like you're writing a script, it's there's so many layers mm-hmm. that the untrained eye just doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. But once you start getting into the world and you start like understanding all the nuances and like complexities involved, yep. it's just like holy shit, man! Like <laughs> there's just so much. It really is like you said, it's an art, it's a science. Like you're baking a cake, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're not just just throwing words on a page like there's just so many thoughts and different things and it, right it's, it's, to, it to blows make me this away one big picture you know? yeah, yeah yeah it blows me away yeah and then when people write a script and there's just you know multiple characters with i think that's why stephen king was always just so like um <clears throat> he was just so good at what he did or mm-hmm. does because he'll have several characters within a story and then they'll they'll just have such a depth to each character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. even begin to know how to, to put together that kind of, uh, I don't know, that kind of story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is a, a lot of work having multiple characters, and then these characters have these, like, intricate, diverse backgrounds, and it all kind of ties into the story. Yeah. Um, which is, like, one thing that I think is really cool about, like, the Marvel movies Yeah, is how they have – all these different superheroes and they're so layered like the individual movies are really dope like just to see the layers of those characters but then when they bring them all into the avengers yeah and they're like bringing in storylines from individual movies and then you also have these different characters interacting with each other and sometimes butting heads or sometimes mm-hmm. agreeing like 
I can't even imagine what it took to write all of that, all of that stuff and have it like pieced together. It's yeah, just yeah, crazy. That, that's a great example. Yeah, yeah, those movies are amazing. Whoever thought like that whole process out, and I yeah. wonder what did they sit down like? All right, this is what we're gonna do for the next ten years, or they're gonna be like, all right, let's do this one movie with, with like the idea of like doing all these other right, ones. right, and then it just became like, I don't know. I'm yeah. sure somebody knows the answer to that. Right, yeah, it's just somebody at at Marvel probably does, but yeah, I just. It's is amazing just to think about how, what is it, twenty two movies. I think this this end game was like the twenty second movie, and then it was like ten or twelve different characters, maybe even more, fourteen maybe characters. Like, and it's like all these backstories are like over ten characters coming into one, you know, story. It's yeah, just crazy. Yeah, and they did it over all these years. Yeah, you know what I mean. I still haven't seen Captain Marvel. Is that necessary to see before Endgame? No, I w- I would actually have preferred to see it saw, to have seen it after Endgame. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Cause she she's in game, but she's in Endgame, but not a lot. And to me, her her presence in Endgame was kind of like how Black Panther was in Civil War. I don't know if you saw it. I saw Civil, Civil War. Yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. It was kind of like that. So okay. um, seeing it before or after, I don't think really impacts. It won't impact it either way? Nah. Okay. Yeah. All right, because I still haven't seen Endgame. I want to go see it. Where? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> You're like, of course. You probably <laughs> see the day of. <laughs> yeah, I've seen i actually seen it twice. Oh, yeah. damn, dude. I yeah. saw it like the opening night Thursday, like – it's crazy when those tickets went on sale. AMC and Fandango crashed, like the website crashed for hours. For real. And by the time it came back up, like almost all of the seats were filled in the auditoriums that I like try to get tickets at. For oh, yeah, it was man. crazy. Yeah, I definitely want to go see it. We were driving down to Austin on Thursday. Word, yeah, word. It was just such a busy weekend. Yeah. And then um, yeah, I just haven't found the time yet. But it, from what I, what I understand, it's just fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. The second time I saw it, I saw it in IMAX, yeah. which um, it's definitely a different experience. Like any movie in IMAX is definitely a different experience. I've never seen an IMAX movie. Uh, it? It's yeah, it? it is definitely worth it. Like, what makes it so much better? So the the screen is is bigger. It's like well, the screen is like taller. It's pretty much the same width, but it's a little taller. So okay. you get like a little bit more of the story or whatever. It feels like a little bit more massive. And then the sound system in the IMAX theaters is much better than the regular movie theaters. Yeah. Like you can hear so much more you can hear like things whizzing by and like, it's like you're immersed into yeah experience. exactly yeah mm. so it's it's definitely a better experience and then they have another uh theater it's like a dolby atmos i think but they don't they don't have one in st louis where the sound experience is even better to where like the chairs kind of rumble and stuff yeah, like during a certain scene. yeah Whoa. So I gotta check that out. Where's the closest one of the, like Chicago, maybe? Um, I think it's the one in Kansas City. Oh, for real? Yeah, I think so. That's, that's close. Yeah. Why don't we have one? We're Man. way better in Kansas City. <laughs> I know Chicago might have one too, but yeah. the closest one I saw was was Kansas City. Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I gotta check that movie out. Still, it's uh, I think that's that, and like I said, uh, Captain Marvel is the only one I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Do you like DC movies though? Have um, you seen Shazam? I haven't seen Shazam. I didn't. I wasn't really interested in seeing it. Um, I I really liked Aquaman. Yeah, I haven't seen that one uh, either. I heard that was like the best one they made though. Yeah, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are the two are my two favorites. Both of those are really really good films. Um, yeah. I think I think after Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they're kind of finding their their pacing of yeah. how to make good films. Because yeah. I didn't really like any of the other ones except for like. 
um, the Dark Knight series. Oh, dude. Yeah. The best Batman series. Yeah. I wish they would just would have did one more to where, like, he was, I don't know, training a Robin or a Nightwing mm-hmm. or just, like, passing it off. Or, yeah, like, yeah, just, passing the torch. Just one more is all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, man, that was so well done. Um, yeah, man. But, yeah, I, I really think, especially after seeing Aquaman, because I think that was the latest one before Shazam. Um, I think they're really finding their footing and how to tell these stories and how to like really make them, you know, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're just so rushed. I mm-hmm. feel it's like they'll they'll do all this build up and then they'll just like th- I don't know, like I don't know if they just need like another twenty minutes in the movie or what yeah, they need, yeah. but it's just like then you just like you jumped all this stuff and then mm-hmm. you went like straight to this this climax. I, point. I think they were trying to play catch up with with Marvel. You know, Marvel started like eleven years ago. Yeah, and they're kind of. I mean, the Dark Knight series came out a little while ago, but, like, the DC cinematic universe, I think, kind of started with uh, Suicide Squad, maybe. Like, just, like, that whole, like, the universe within itself. So they had, they kind of got some catching up to do, and I think they were trying to, like, come in with a bang when they really just needed to kind of take their time but yeah i mean you can't rush it if you're yeah, already, yeah you're already behind like yeah. might as well just try to do it right yeah it's a marathon yeah yeah but man I, yeah. I think i think they'll i think they'll get it because like i like i keep saying aquaman was really good yeah yeah slowly but surely i mean at the end of the day i mean if, if you're looking at like the big picture they can't like do everything that marvel is doing because mm-hmm. i mean marvel already did it right Right. But uh shit. You know what I wish they'd get figured out is like the Spider Man situation. Like is that finally yeah. squared away? <laughs> like, I think it is now. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. it is now. Yeah, man, because there's a couple times where I was like, All right, I can dig this Spider Man and then they mm-hmm. changed it. I'm like, All right, well, okay, well this one's even better now. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the um the one dang, what was his first one? Homecoming. Yeah. Spider Man. You saw Homecoming. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, that was really good. So I really like Tom Holland as Spider Man. Like he really encapsulate that that uh chipper high school peter parker you yeah. know what i'm saying he's a little uh i don't know he's just really he's just, he's like a puppy almost yeah he's, like, he's just excited about everything so i think he really really like encapsulates that character and um i'm looking forward to see seeing what he does with that character for sure how it grows i can dig it yeah. do you have like a favorite genre of uh of movies and, uh, and not even, like, a bit, like, drama or thrillers, but, like, for example, I used to say, like, growing up, like, I used to love gangster movies. Word, word. Yeah. Like, do you have, like, what's, what type of movie do you like the best? I think if I were to pinpoint it to, like, my very favorite are psychological thrillers. Okay, yeah. Because I like movies that make me think, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, I like movies that I'm not too sure what's about to happen, you yeah. know? And, um like I was saying, I, I think I mentioned it earlier. I can't remember, but no, I don't think I mentioned it. But I'm really into psychology. I think I did mention it. Yeah, you said. But that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really into that and just like the, the human mind and and then you add. I, so I love psychology and I love horror. So I feel like psycho- psychological thrillers are like that yeah. mix. Yeah. So you mix. like get into the mind of this character. And then they in this situation that's really kind of scary, and they got to get themselves out of it. Yeah, and just like you taking on this roller coaster of how are they getting out of this situation, and you know what's what's life gonna be like after this situation. So yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite. Like what? Like what are some some of your go tos? Um, I really like. I would. I really liked it from 2017. I yeah. would classify that more as a psychological thriller than a horror. It, at least in my eyes, it, it is. It is a lot like a horror, but like his character, basically, uh, I don't know how much you know about it, it or oh, Pennywise. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he has to, you know, 
get these children scared enough in order for him to eat them. They have to be, you know, scared to a certain point in order for him to eat them. Yeah, he's feeding off their fear. Yeah, so he has to embody these fears, and he has to figure out what this kid is scared of Mm -hmm. and then become that and then get them scared enough to where he can eat them. And I think just the the thought behind someone or, or some entity having to do that in order to eat his meal you have to be very smart and cunning, you know what I'm saying, to, to become something that people are scared of. Yeah. So that um, there's another film called It Comes at Night where mm. it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say what the plot is about, but basically these people are in a, they're in a cabin in the woods and they're fighting this force that is, you know, coming coming at them or coming against them. Okay. If you watch the trailers, it looks like a zombie movie, which they the trailers were horrible. It was it had nothing to do with the the film. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a really good one. So that was good. Um, this independent film called Unsane was really good. Nice psychological thriller. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just like things that like keep me on the edge of my seat. Dude, yeah, me too. I, I love anything with like a good twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were sitting there explaining it, it kind of made me also think of, I wonder, well, I don't know what time which came out first, but it kind of made me think of Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah. Kind of the same, like he had to have fear too, to, Mm -hmm. to be stronger and to, to grow and and to do what he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Have you seen, um, have you seen Fight Club? Yeah, it's been a while. Like I, wow. I haven't, I haven't watched it enough to where I can remember, you know, oh, okay. certain things. It's by far one of my favorite movies of all time. Because, yeah. um, so Edward Norton's character, the main, he's the main character, uh-huh. and then like you know, the whole time it's him and Brad Pitt. But um, at the end, you, you find out that they're the same person. But mm-hmm. like Edward Norton just has like the split personality. Where, where, and like Brad Pitt would come out and like take over, and he's like doing all this chaotic shit, like mm-hmm. running a cult and whatnot. But there's just so many. First of all, that was just like the best twist ever. Like you, mm-hmm. like you weren't seeing that shit coming. But then, um, like I love these type of movies because like you'll go back and you'll watch them again, and then like you see, like that's the best part. Like you'll see things differently. Yeah, right? it's like almost watching a new movie. Yeah, man. So like they did so many like cool things in that movie to where so the character. Um, he he was an insomniac, so mm-hmm. he would stay up at night and he'd work on uh, like soap and have all these different jobs. And mm-hmm. one of his things that he did was he would spl- he would splice in like single frames of porn into like kid movies. <laughs> 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 so you didn't see it. So what the fucking filmmakers did, dude, like leading up before like you ever actually like were introduced to Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. there's a I think two or three times in the movie where um, they would splice in just a single frame of Brad Pitt into the film like he was just blipping so it's like edward norton's like staring down like the road and it's like this empty road or like there's people on a sidewalk Mm -hmm. and it's like boom flash of brad pitt like but you don't notice that right you know what i mean but i did i i went back and i watched it and then like and then i noticed it and i was like oh shit like that's super clever yeah just like building these layers man yeah yeah yeah, by far one of my favorite movies and then um have you seen shutter island i did but i don't remember that one either oh okay i do remember that I didn't really like it. I didn't like it either. Yeah. I didn't like it either. And so I, I, so I just went back and like, I watched it again. And like the whole print, like the basis is like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is, he's an inmate mm-hmm. um, in this psych ward, but you don't know that until the very end, right? Mm-hmm. They let him play out like this cycle, like this whole fantasy, the psychological fantasy or whatnot mm-hmm. that he's going through. And um, he's basically like, he lost his shit because he was a cop. He came home one day and his wife, was she she lost her mind mm-hmm. and like killed their kids 
and I think he ended up like maybe killing her. Mm. Um, so he lost his mind, like made. So he finally came to grips with it at the end, and then at the very end, he's sitting on this um, on these stairs, and his his lead like physician, psychologist, whatever, comes and sits next to him, starts talking to him. I guess mm. he's trying to check with him to see, all right, like do we do we finally make progress, like a breakthrough. Or like, did he like slip back and like now we now they need to do like a lobotomy and like right, his frontal right. lobe, right? So he the like Leonardo DiCaprio starts acting like he slipped back into like the, back into his normal state, mm-hmm. but then he like he made a statement, um, something like like is it better? I don't know, like. I can't remember what the fuck exactly what he said, but he made a statement to basically say like like he knew what the fuck was going on, mm-hmm. and he was just acting uh, crazy again, so that way they would remove his frontal lobe because it was better than like living with, uh, they, word. like it's better to be crazy, thought of crazy, and like have this happen than like to be sane and have mm-hmm. to live with this fucking horror right. basically. Right, for the rest of your life. And I never saw that until like just that moment. I was like, wow. holy shit. I gotta dude. go back and watch it because now that I think about it, I think I didn't like it because I thought it was gonna be like more like a horror film. Yeah. Yeah, and I and it wasn't it wasn't that, but I gotta go back and watch it. Now. Yeah, man. I remember not liking it because it was like, oh well they it was kinda cool when you found out like, oh okay, well his family died and they're doing all this and mm-hmm. but then I was like, Oh well, they didn't even save him and now like it sucks. He just slipped back in. But then I watched it and I'm like, Oh well, I think he made that choice right yeah, there. I think he just yeah. made a decision. You're watching it from a different perspective now. Yeah. He yeah. chooses a lot of movies that are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I know it's Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. Um Inception, but mm-hmm. by far one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't know to this day if fucking he ever made it out. Like, I, don't, I don't know, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's, it's that's one of those films where you can slip into like a wormhole of conspiracy theories of like what happened and yeah. you know, how the how the plot actually you know panned out. You ever think yeah. about writing something like that? Uh, I, I do eventually. Yeah, once I get a little more comfortable with writing. I'm kind of like, you know, taking my time with it, you know, kind of building up, building up the, I guess, the confidence to really pull something like that off. But, yeah, I love, like, when in my writing right now, I, I love doing, like, really, like, small, I guess, Easter eggs. Um, what do you mean by that? So, in, uh, in Cycle, which this is a, this is a, like, super-duper small, these are just, like, super-duper small Easter eggs. But in Cycle, there are a few, uh Lil Wayne references. Okay. So in the beginning, he's doing like a voiceover and he's like kind of like talking about himself and like the neighborhood he he grew up in. And one of one of the lines that he says is a Lil Wayne lyric, and um, he doesn't necessarily rap. He just says it in like uh, you know general conversation. Okay. And then I think another one uh, did like cycle kind of jumps in between like different timelines or whatever. So we have like a flashback and we have like present day and stuff like that. And one of the flashback dates is Lil Wayne's birthday, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and enough. Uh, I have one of the like one of the revealing points or whatever is like a camera, like the like one of the characters is a photographer, so it's kind of like a callback to me. Like mm-hmm. um, I don't do photography as much anymore, but it's kind of like a kind of like still like a love there, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So like little stuff like that, just like tying in little bits and pieces of me yeah and uh eventually getting to points where i want to kind of do something like like the marvel universe where i have a film 
that's loosely connected with a previous film. Oh, okay. Whether it be like a character is mentioned in that film from the other one or Yeah, I like, like films like that. Yeah, like that character maybe in a cafe or something like that and like they cross paths or something. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm kinda like working up to like things like that. Yeah, cafe's a good move. That yeah. makes me think of uh what do they do? Uh Split right there at the end. There's mm. that cafe where they yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis was in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. I still haven't seen Mr. Glass. I I don't think I heard good things about it, but it was it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't as good as I I wanted it to be. Really, um, Split was definitely I I enjoyed Split. Better. I enjoyed Split. Yeah. I didn't like Unbreakable personally. Yeah, Unbreakable. I'm like indifferent on Unbreakable also. Yeah, it was, it was okay. But yeah. yeah, Split is definitely my favorite. Like, yeah, he he killed that role. Like that's crazy how how well he did in that role. Yeah, that was killer. And I was excited to see him in Glass too, and mm. you know see what else he did. Yeah, dude. So uh, we 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 actually started on it, and then I I took us down this rabbit hole. I'm bad about that. <laughs> um, at the Benton Park Film Festival, right mm-hmm. on day two, you uh you debuted your film yeah, there, yeah, right? Yeah. What was that like, man? Like oh, man. how'd that it feel? Was, it was really cool to just like I guess sit sit in the audience and have people watch it and knowing like everything that I, you know, put into everything that went into creating it and now is here for people to watch it. And you know, yeah. people that I don't know, like I have family and friends there, but like a bunch of people that I don't know are watching this thing that came from my mind. And it was like just kind of trippy just to see just to sit there and then listen to people's reactions and like hit applause afterwards and everything like that. And then have people coming up. And, uh, there was some people that like didn't know it was me in the film. And then my brother was there also like my brother and I look very similar. And there's a couple people that came up to him like, Hey, good job on the film. <laughs> He's like, nah, it's my brother over there. That's funny. Um, yeah, your stunt double. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it was really cool to like have people like to, to talk to people and like, have them give me their like what they got from it, you know what I'm saying? Their perspective and everything. Yeah. That's just be able to right? Yeah, that's that's always interesting to see like uh you know how how people what people thought about it and you know what went through their minds while they were watching it. Yeah. You should make a film and have the ending kind of definitely just a little unclear mm-hmm. so that way you can hear people's feedback. Yeah. Cuz then they'll yeah. start asking, "Hey, did it mean this or did it mean right, that?" Right, right, right. I don't know, just as a little social experiment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we kind of um we kind of did that with Cycle a little bit because Cycle was originally only like a 3-minute film and it was something I would use to to pitch another short film that I'm watch that I'm working on. Okay. Um, so we released a three minute film, and everybody was like, "Damn, okay, so what happens next? Like, is he gonna do this? Is he gonna do that? Like, what's gonna be next?" So we shot the second part, and we we're gonna release that, you know, by itself. But we decided just to put it put both parts into one, yeah, and then just screen that. Um, but yeah, I do like I do love not giving people all the answers. You know, what I'm saying yeah. I don't really like endings that are like a nice bow on it and, i'm yeah. a little torn because i do kind of i kind of need that for my own yeah, worry, your closure, yeah. <laughs> but but i can definitely like i can respect it because mm-hmm. but there's there's some of me i'm just like fuck man like i just need what did you do right right no i, I feel that a thousand percent like it, it it's some movies where i'm like damn like you got to give me something you got to tell me something and there's other times where i'm like I just want to come up with some wild shit 
Yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah. Sometimes movies will do that. Like, they'll, they'll try to have that moment at the end. And then, like, for me, it'll ruin the whole fucking movie. I'm like, you yeah. just ruined the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. It's all over. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely a skill you got to master that you can either add to the movie or just, like, completely undo all the work you just did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're taking risks. You never mm-hmm. know. Cause it's going to play out. It's going to play out. Yep. Yeah, man. So, um, Bitten Park, and then, uh, dude, so I know I just, you just had another screening, right? Mm-hmm. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's next? Like, what's coming up? So I have another, so the, that screening was for Cycle, um, and then I have another screening coming up on the 17th of this month for Cycle. Okay. So yeah. so basically, um, I want to kind of like screen, like hold a few screenings for Cycle before I release it online, because um I love to get people out, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I love to get people out the house and get people yeah. around other people and, you know, people can network and talk and especially in the creators community, like spaces like that where different creators come together always sparks something else with, with, uh, with what those creators are doing. So, you know, yeah. things are birthed in <clears throat> gathering places. So I like to get people outside and um, also just kind of like make a little bit of noise like who is this dude showing his film? You know, I've been hearing all this stuff, so, like, yeah. make some noise with that. Um, I, I have enough. I submitted to a few other film festivals, so I should hear back in June whether they got accepted or not. And then I'm going to do maybe one or two screenings of enough here in St. Louis, yeah, like my own personal you. screenings. Yeah, so I was yeah. about to ask you if you're going to do some of your own. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um, <clears throat> I'm planning one for, for May. This one's gonna be like really a really intimate screening, really small screening, which the first cycle was like that it was really intimate, and I like that kind of almost like a friends and family kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that one, and then I'll do another one maybe in June uh, where it's a little bit bigger, and uh, yeah, just see where it goes from there. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You ever thought about <clears throat> trying to put on like a little film festival or a little? Um, I. I've thought about it. That's that sounds like a lot of work. One hundred percent is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a lot of work that I'm, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in that space yet. I can. I can put together screenings and stuff, but um, a, a full blown film festival. I can do. I think, or even just like a smaller screening of like three or four. Films. Yeah, I can. I can do something like that. Yeah, yeah I can definitely do something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just had the thought since you said you like to get people out. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's another thing where. Um, I really love putting together events and marketing also. It's kind of like a love that I never really, I guess, pursued formal education for, but I feel like I really, I feel like I'm pretty good at it and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck that formal education. Yeah, you yeah. don't need that, bro. Just start marketing your <laughs> yeah, shit Yeah, I, I, I feel like I got all the formal education I need and all the bills that come with that shit. <laughs> Dude, 100%, man. I just, man. I'm like, man, was it even a good choice? Like, right. You can, oh, my you can God. seriously learn everything through just, like, podcasts and books mm-hmm. and YouTube and just doing. Like, do we <laughs> – like, is that model? Yeah, even? and I don't – like, to this day, I don't think – my degree got me any gig or job that I've ever gotten. No, it's it's either been word of mouth or like the same my portfolio. Like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> I hear you, man. I I bought I bought into it. Too. I went and got my master's degree, and mm-hmm. like, I said, like, all right, I'm gonna work in like healthcare, and mm-hmm. like, I'm surely not doing that now. Like, <laughs> I I could never survive in like a corporate healthcare setting. It oh man. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The corporate world is is definitely different. Yeah, it's a different it's, beast. It's a trap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, man. I've been doing. Um, so I, I I'm full time freelance right now, and 
I get like different gigs. Um, and one that I'm doing right now is kind of like a corporate gig. It's like editing and stuff. Yeah. And it's been really trippy to go in to like a nine to five situation when I've been like freelancing for almost three years now, which is not super long, but that's a long time to not be in an office. Oh, you know it's a good saying? enough amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to own and your it, own time. It, right. And it was it was really trippy. It was it's comforting because um I have it and you know, our money is always good. And then I also have the flexibility. I, I'm not there like every single day of the week. So I yeah. can like go work on other freelance projects or personal projects. But it was it's definitely been an interesting experience. Almost kinda like a social experiment with myself, like, damn, I'm here, locked in, nine to five. What's gonna happen? How am I gonna do this? Dude, it's <laughs> crazy. It just kind of makes me claustrophobic to even like think mm-hmm. about it. Like, oh, dude, because I've done it. I yeah. did it for a really long time. Yeah, and yeah. Dude, it's... those people make a lot of money, but it's almost like, in the grand scheme, you can make probably more for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, committing to a passion and just mm-hmm. like it's like, yeah, okay, maybe you're making eighty thousand dollars a year, maybe, maybe for let's just say you're doing that for like ten years. Okay, cool. That person who was making like no money for like the first like three years, four years, five years, mm-hmm. and then now they're making like millions of dollars mm-hmm. for those like rest of their life. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you just gotta really like just sacrifice on the front end for like yeah. the greater reward there like later. Yep, that's definitely what it is, and and yeah, just having that. It it was funny because like my schedule on a daily basis outside of like when I started doing that is so. Um, it's structured, but it's not structured. So I'm pretty much working from like the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. But it's 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 not. I feel like nine to five is like you you just locked in right here. I'm not necessarily locked in. You know, I might work on something for three hours, then go take a break, um, and like do some emails or something like that, and come back like an hour and a half later and like work on something else. Yeah. So it's like. Oh, I, okay, okay, I see what I'm, I'm, the point I'm trying to get to, like, nine to five is, like, I feel like it's really, really, like, constricting because you have to get the work done in between these eight hours. But, like, for me, I'm pretty much working on and off for 12, 13 hours a day. So, yeah, I get those eight hours in at different points of the day, you know what I'm saying, eight yeah. hours and some. Yeah, dude, it's just a very weird structure. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, they've shown that whenever they allow people to work from home, they end up working more hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And But, like, I always like to say that um, it's, it's, it's just kind of how do you think about work, um, you know, Work is a th- is like it's like what you get to do. It's not a place you have to go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like like I'm I'm always working. Like yeah. that's why I tell people like I'm always working. Like yeah. I'm always doing something. Like I'll take my kids to uh, to tumbling and I, I'll be sitting there waiting for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll pull out my phone. I'll start like editing fucking images mm-hmm. or like I'll start yeah. prepping posts for like social or like yep. there's always something that can be done. Or yeah. I'll send an email. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like you can always get it done mm-hmm. here and there. So. Yeah, man, it's just the way you, like, how do you look at it? Like, do you have to go to these walls, like you said, and, like, right. work in between these eight hours, like, these parameters? Right. Man, that's not, like, the best way to get it done, I would say. Yeah, I definitely love the the more free structure of, of doing things on my time, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah it's so, it's such a powerful thing to own your own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, I, oh, uh, I had lost my thought, but I, it came back to me. Um, like, since I started freelancing, I look at Sundays a lot more differently than when I was doing a, a corporate job, like a nine to five. Yeah. And where I I, I still do work on Sundays, um, but I don't I usually don't do as much work. And I take that time like Sunday evenings and Sunday nights to just kind of 
you know, rebound from everything, relax, and get ready for the work week. And I'm excited about the work week because it's stuff I want to work on and stuff I want to do, stuff yeah. I want to get done. Versus when I was working corporate, like there were things I was excited to work on, but like I almost dreaded Sundays. It's like, dang, I got to get up at the next day and be there at this time and do this and that. And it's just like, it's a whole different experience, you oh, know, yeah. in this day. It's hard on your mind when you're dreading like the next day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't get to enjoy the evening because you're just dreading that you got to get up and do this thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's a it's a vicious vicious cycle to live in, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. But uh, I don't know, man. To each their own. Some people love that cycle. Yeah, yeah. It it works for who it works for, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for sure. definitely not the creative types. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These the the uh, the free birds are. They they need the freedom for sure for yeah. sure. Well, brother, dude, I really appreciate you taking this time with me, John. For sure, um, man. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, dude, this has been like an excellent conversation. Um, because I've like I've known about you for a while just through Justin, mm-hmm. and then I sat down with Drew. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, man, and um, do you know Rashad? Um, Rashad Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've been knowing him since like elementary school. Exactly. See, yeah. so I'm like, fuck, dude. It's like such a small like circle. Oh, the- word. So, do you, what do you you do? Work with him or? So yeah, I've known Rashad for a little bit because I used to. So with fighting, I fought MMA for a while. I fought uh-huh. for Shamrock, and he does yeah, all of their yeah. all of their work. Yeah. So I've just known him through that. Like word. I would go and I do interviews and whatnot. But word. now, um, now I work with Shamrock, and like I go and I capture content for their social. Nice. And um, yeah, so I, I see him every time. I yeah yeah that's the homie yeah he's a cool ass dude man Mm -hmm. um a lot of good people in the city for sure Mm -hmm. um we have a strong um artistic community oh definitely it's really underground i don't think people realize but there's a strong strong presence here very strong very supportive too yeah Yeah. i wish it was more well known Mm -hmm. because like i go to cities like austin and i love that city but you can just you can just feel like the culture and the art and just like Mm, the difference in people yeah and this it just feels so much better i don't know if it's there st louis is very resistant to change Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like we have all these dope humans and they're all kind of like on the underground scene Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah 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 i feel like it's it's getting there slowly but surely we got a lot of you know talented people bringing eyes on st louis like Smino and like Jason Tatum in the NBA, um, Bradley Beal, uh, who else? SZA is from St. Louis. Um, it's just it's just a lot of people. We got a lot of talent that's you know on bigger bigger scales in St. Louis. It's kind of like bringing some shine this way. So yeah, we just got to make sure on our end we ready for that shine. You know, ready yeah. to show. Yeah, ready man. To show and prove. Yeah, dude. So, and you're doing some good things to help with that. Appreciate it. So, Thank you. Well, brother, dude, tell everybody, you know, how they can get a hold of you. I'll leave the floor to you. So, if you want to plug anything, you know, any projects, uh, your socials, whatever you like, dude. Cool, cool. Um, Yeah, so my social media on everything is uh, Chill Season, at Chill Season, all one word, no underscores, anything like that. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. I'm kind of active on Twitter, too. Uh, website is chillseason.me, so chillseason.me, and um, you can look out for my next screening for Cycle is May 17th uh, from 6 to 8.30 p.m., and then the next thing after that, uh, I'm still planning out the next screening, so after Cycle and the next screening for Enough, there'll be a screening in June for my new project. June what? 
Do we know? Uh, not yet. Okay. Mid, probably mid-June, though. It'll be mid-June. Okay. So this will actually probably be coming out right around that time. Around June? Yeah, okay. right right at the beginning of June. Because, we're, yeah, we're right at the beginning of May that we're recording this. So these are all kind of coming out like a month Right, out. right, right. So right about the beginning of June that this will be coming out. So I can get like I can get that info to you once I like it. That's fine. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. So all this I'll put in the show notes. People okay. will be able to get to, to you real bet, easily bet. and whatnot. Um, John, dude, thanks again, bro. No problem. Appreciate All right, everybody. You. Until next time. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you are getting value out of the podcast, guys, do me a favor. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Also, tell a friend. And then, as always, we already mentioned them before, but check out my buddy Justin Bricker and the Why Not Podcast. All right, everybody. Until next time. Bye.